church family and welcome to this special different Easter Resurrection Sunday service you know I think in the 42 years that I have been a Christian I don't think I have ever had an Easter service celebration and worship service where we have not been able to gather with God's people and you know that just seems kind of weird doesn't it we're all in our own homes and everything together this morning and you know there's something that I thought about with that you know what the morning that, that, that Jesus raised from the dead, where was everybody at? They were all in their different homes. The disciples had been up in the upper room, and everybody was scattered all over the place. And so, really, I think we're kind of in that same tradition Some happened some 2,000 years ago. So this morning, we're just going to come and celebrate together. And one of the things that I want to just prep you with as we prepare to celebrate this uh, Resurrection Sunday together is that you uh, should have gotten an email about communion this morning and how we're going to celebrate communion. And hopefully, you've already gathered some communion supplies in your home to be able to uh, celebrate that with us this morning. We're going to do that a little bit later here in the service. And so just if you haven't got those together, take some time and get that together right now. Now, uh, just a couple of things I want to announce to you that we're going to continue to be meeting like this online on both uh, Facebook and YouTube for the uh, next few Sundays through the month of April. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in May yet, so keep watching your emails. And uh, if you have questions and things, call us here at the church office, uh, email us, text us, whatever. We're going to get that information to you. We want to help you. And if you're having trouble tuning into this thing, let us know. Uh, if you need a copy of the sermon on a CD or a flash drive, let us know, and we will get that to you right away. Um, there's basically all the activities are still suspended, so we just want to remind you of that. As soon as we can get things up and running again, we'll let you know. And in the meantime, we're just going to trust that God's continuing to bless each one of us and, and hold us together in the bond of love through the Spirit as we each continue to observe these um, uh, uh, restrictions and these safety measures. And, and I hope that you and your family are safe through all this and will continue 
to exercise caution as we journey through this time together and continue to pray for one another through this time as well. Uh, check your bulletin over that we gave to you for announcements and things in there. You can also go to the tacreading.info site. It's right here somewhere below me, that address. Type that in, and, and you can go there and, and get the up-to-date information stuff there as well. We have a unison reading that we're going to do here this morning, and so if you would join me in reading this together. Now, now after, after the, the Sabbath, Sabbath, toward the, the dawn of the first day of the, day of the week, week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the fact that you have indeed risen. That, the, that death could not hold you in the grave. That you conquered death and, and you went willingly to the cross in our place so that each one of us might have life and have it to the full. That our sins would not hold us in bondage. And because you have rose from the grave, you conquered death, now seated in the right hand of the Father, you continue to make intercession for each one of us. And you have given us your promised Holy Spirit, that great and awesome gift that you have freely bestowed on each one of us who are your children. So Lord, I pray that as we journey through these next 60 plus minutes together, that our hearts would be encouraged, our faith would be strengthened, that our resolve to be in relationship with you would become all the more solid and all the more deep that your spirit would just continue to teach us the things that we need to know. And, and as we encounter through, through word and song this morning, the truths that you have for us, may they go to the very depths of our being and remain there for all eternity. So Lord, I, I give you this time and trust for a blessed celebration this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Happy Easter, church! He is risen. We love you we very love much. You. Happy Easter from the Bracketeers. Happy Easter, Trinity. We love you all. Happy Resurrection Day from the Kumaric Bam Bam. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Have a nice day. One day when heaven was filled with his praises One day when sin was black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men, my example was he The word became flesh and the light shone among us 
in his story. Death is beaten, you have rescued me. Sing it out, Jesus is alive. The empty cross, the empty grave. Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. Tech family celebrating Easter from the roses. We love and miss you. He has risen. 
Indeed. One thing I've noticed about this new church routine is the coffee is not nearly as good as it was a couple of months ago. Anyway, happy Easter everyone. Stay well. Happy Easter. We're praying for you. He is risen. What's going on today? He has risen. Hallelujah. Take 52. Babcock's here, wishing you all a very happy Easter. We miss you. Whatever. All right, all right, all right. Happy day, right? <laughs> it is Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yes, thank you very much. It is so good to see you guys on Easter. Super excited about this celebration we can have. You know, this is a first for us, right? This is the first, you know, we should be excited about first. Aren't you excited? I'm excited about first, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. Like the first, you know, child you have is pretty cool, right? You know, the first home run you hit, that's pretty fun, right? The first book you finish, right? I mean, so many cool things that happen first, right? And this is our first Easter that we get to spend at home in our comfy little couches right? It, it, I hope you dressed up a little bit for this one. I mean, this is Easter. Come on. I, I even dressed up a little bit. I got my purple shirt on and everything. It looks great, doesn't it? Oh, it's good to see you guys. God is good. And uh, we gave you guys a little cross. I hope you've got it. Uh, and maybe you can hang it in your house somewhere, or maybe you can, you know, I don't know what you can do with it, but it's uh, just, we thought we wanted to give you a little gift uh, for you to help to celebrate. But on the back is a passage of scripture and mine is not on it anymore, but there's uh, should be a a little uh, piece of paper with the actual verses written out. I uh, just thought they were very, very fitting for the time that we're in right now, but also for Easter celebration, the fact that we have uh, uh, Jesus, we have a Lord who is an overcomer, that no matter what's going on in the world, we're still celebrating Easter. No matter what, how bad things are, no matter what it looks like, no matter even, even if we can't get together, we are still celebrating Easter. Also wanted to just take a moment this morning as well. Uh, I recognize that maybe many people that are watching this uh, service that uh, don't normally come to our church or never have been to our church before. And so just wanted to also remind those who do come to our church a lot and know this, but to remind us of our vision statement. We, uh, we are a church who is fully enjoying our relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I just want to remind us of that because recognizing that we already have this relationship with Jesus, that the moment we bow our knee to Jesus, we enter this perfect relationship with God. And uh, so, so the, the life that we live in Christianity as Christians is not about trying to get closer to God. It's not about trying to you know, have this better relationship. We already have a perfect relationship. The only thing we're lacking is our enjoyment of that relationship, learning to experience that and to appreciate it all the more. And so I just encourage you as a church, and if you've never been to our church, let me encourage you with this word that Jesus, if you have bowed your knee to Jesus as Lord, that you have a perfect relationship with him. You don't have to strive. It doesn't matter if you've sinned since you've prayed that prayer. It doesn't matter if you've done all those things, or, you know, if you've fallen away, or if you haven't cracked your Bible, if you haven't, you've never read, uh, read your Bible for a while, or you haven't prayed in a while, if you haven't gone to church in a while. It doesn't matter. You still have that perfect relationship with Jesus. All you got to do is enjoy more of it. And the way that we enjoy more of it is by turning our eyes to him, to become more aware of who he is and where he is and what he's doing. 
So we hope that through this service today, all of us will become more aware of Jesus and what he has done for us and what he is continuing to do for us all in, uh, today and into the future. This is a great service, a great Sunday, a great Easter. And so let's celebrate together. We're going to do communion in a moment, but before we get there, we're going to sing part of a song, and then Pastor Bob's going to come up, and he'll lead us in communion. So if you don't have those elements out yet, get them out. I, I, I'm excited to see those goldfish as, you know, the, 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 the body of Christ, right? And maybe a little bit of, you know, uh, lemonade as the blood of Christ this morning. Whatever it is you have, we hope that you will use it, get it ready to go, because Pastor Bob will be up in a minute, and we'll be taking uh, that together. Let's continue to worship after I give one more quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you that you have risen from the dead. Jesus is Lord. He is alive. He is working. He is active. And that we, those, when we bow our knee to Jesus, we are in perfect relationship with him. Lord, help us to recognize that reality again today and help us, Lord, to, today to be able to experience that relationship more fully. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us today, that you would reveal yourself to us in ways that maybe we haven't seen in a long time or maybe in new ways that we never thought we would see, that you would bring healing to our hearts, you would encourage us and challenge us, but you'd also, Lord, you'd call us out into this world to, to be a light to those around us who need to know you. Lord, thank you for Easter. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to celebrate in a whole new way. May you be glorified in it, and may we be blessed with your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Miss you guys. He is risen. Indeed. Hello, Trinity Alliance family. This is Bruce and Brenda wishing you a happy Resurrection Day. God bless you. Bye. Hello, church. Hello, TAC family. Happy Easter to all of you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. From Mike and Linda Hurley. Hey, guys. Happy Easter. Happy Easter! Easter. Mama Davis family! Mama Davis family! Alright, let's sing another song and then we'll come back with communion in just a minute. Behold the Lamb who bears our sins away slain for us and we remember the promise made that all who come in faith find forgiveness at the cross so we share prepare for communion this morning. I want to just remind us that 
Some 2,000 years ago, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus is gathering with his disciples in the upper room. Matthew records this for us, as do all the Gospels. But Matthew in particular talks about in chapter 26 about Jesus gathering there with his disciples and sharing with them the fact that he was no longer going to be with them that he was going to be going away soon. But he wanted to share this last meal with them so that they might always remember him. That what he was about to do for them, that they would be able to recall this. But not only them, but for us as well. That as often as we come together to come around the Lord's table and celebrate the elements, that we would remember that sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. But more than that, that we would also remember that, that time, that day, that he conquered death and rose from the grave. This life has so many things that come at us, and there's so many things that can distract us from this great and awesome gift and work that Jesus Christ has done. And communion is a way to pull us back to that. It's also a way to pull us back to that together. And so matter, no matter where we are this morning, we will be able to take of the bread and drink of the cup together. Because God's Spirit binds us in this unity. And, and so I want to remind us of that and, and also that, that this is something that we are to do reverently and solemnly. That we're not to do it in an unworthy fashion. God's word tells us that if there's anything in our hearts or in our minds that's not right, that we need to take care of that before we partake of the Lord's table. And so what we're going to do over the next couple of moments is we're going to sing the next verse of this song that the team just began for us that talks about the bread. And I encourage you to, to listen and look at these words and, and their meaning here. And then we'll take of the bread together. I will lead us in that. And then we will do the same thing with the cup. And, and as we do, I just want to encourage you to take these next few minutes, the song, to go before the Lord and to, to do your business with him. And so that, that our hearts are pure before him as we enter into this time. Let's sing together. The body, the body of our Savior, Jesus Christ, torn for you. Eat and remember the wounds that heal, the death that brings us alive. Paid the price to make us one. So we share. Apostle Paul writes for us in 
Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23, when he writes this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take our bread together. And let us eat it together in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your broken body. That which you have given us that you willingly gave up so, so that we might be whole again. That sin would no longer have dominion over us. That by your stripes we are healed, Lord. I thank you for giving up your body in our place. That perfect sacrifice that we could never pay. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that great and precious gift. Amen. Let's sing the next verse together. The blood that cleanses every stain of sin shed for you. Drink and remember. He drained as cup that all may enter in to receive. In that same passage, beginning at verse 25, Paul goes on to say that in the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, when you drink of this cup, do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that blood that washes us clean from sin, that purifies us from all unrighteousness. Jesus willingly gave that for us. So let us take and drink it in remembrance of him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of your son, for coming to the cross and shedding his blood for each one of us so that we might be washed clean, washed whiter than snow. Lord, that, that that we would not take for granted this blood and that for as often as we drink of this bread and drink of this cup, that we would always remember that sacrifice, that we would always honor and praise Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this great and awesome, precious gift. May we never take it for granted. Thank you, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing the last verse of this song together.
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy Easter, Easter church, church family. family. We love you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Lewis's want to wish everybody a happy Easter, Easter. and a happy Passover. We're doing our Passover meal. It is Wednesday when we're making this video. So just hello to everybody. Hope everybody's well and safe with our Trinity Alliance family. That's Jolie. Joel. Guys. Hello. Can you wave? Bye. Hope to see you all soon. Christo Lechinadu. Aonu Lechinadu. Happy, Happy Easter, Easter TSC family. family. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Easter blessings, church family. Happy Easter! Good morning, everybody. This is Dorothy Gimlin. I'm just wishing you all a happy Easter. He has risen and given us a brand new day. Rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope to see everybody soon. Hi church, I miss you guys so much and I can't wait till we can meet again. I'm looking forward to a great Easter service this Sunday. And kids, I'm saving up lots of donuts. He is risen. Dear Jesus, I just want to pray for this sermon, Lord. I pray that we would just feel your presence, Lord. Thank you that your presence is always with us. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through Pastor Sean this morning. And I pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to take away from this this morning, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, for the technology to be able to have this message come to us, and for your Holy Spirit, which connects us, though we are separate this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just rest on Pastor Sean and just fill him with peace and speak through him this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing opportunity we have and for our relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen. morning church again it's uh, good to see you earlier this uh, week I uh, posted a video uh, for all of you and sent it an email uh, uh, talking about embracing the suffering this last week as we led up to Good Friday to recognize that uh, the sufferings that we're enduring now are an opportunity for us to identify with Christ. And, and, and now we are at Easter, and so the celebrations begin. But, but I, I feel like I want to start, again, uh, so many times we, uh, we skip over the suffering aspects before we get to Easter. And so even in this message this morning, I want to maybe start on the dark side and then work our way to the celebration. Um, so this week, in, uh, to add to uh, the suffering that my wife and I got to experience, uh, not just uh, with the virus and things going on, uh, we uh, got the, um, the hard chore of putting down one of our dogs, uh, Mocha. She'd uh, been with us for almost 16 years, and 
Uh, just a sweet, sweet, good-looking dog. Uh, loved her in all the many years that we had with her. And I uh, remember back to when she was younger and just the, uh, the, the great dog that she was at fetching. And she was a great Frisbee dog. You could throw the Frisbee and she'd catch it in the air and bring it back to you. And uh, just a great and sweet, sweet dog. But um, it was time for her to go. And so we had to let her go this week. And you know, if you've ever done that, it's not easy, right? I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to do. Uh, it's just this, you know, kind of this finality of it, right? You know, you have this character, this personality of this dog that you've enjoyed for so many years, and then all of a sudden, you know, you watch it just kind of fade away. And But of course, there was some sweetness in it as well, because she had gotten to the point where the last year or so, she'd been uncomfortable and bad hips and all of that. And so it definitely was the right thing to do. And uh, we could tell that she, it was a, a moment of peace for her as well, that she, the, you know, the suffering piece was kind of finally over and she gets to hang out in that uh, sweet uh, farm in the sky for the next, you know, forever how long that is. And so anyway, that, that's a challenge for us, you know, um, but it got me thinking in preparation for this message that, that you know, we, um, we, have this, uh, we have this problem with death, right? I mean, it's, this is a big issue for us as humans. Uh, and, I, and I thought about the fact that with animals, it seems to be a little bit less of an issue. Now, Mocha was a stubborn dog, especially the last few years. Uh, we started to call her, you know, the dog of nine lives because she would have something happen, some medical crisis, and we thought, oh, that's it, she's gone, she's done, and she would bounce back, right? And she's like, nope, not yet. And even in the end, her hips were, were bad, and so every once in a while she'd fall, and we'd go over to try to help her, and she'd like, almost like bited our hands to get us away. Like, no, I can do this. I got this, right? And, but you could, there's just something different about animals, right? They, they often, you know, in the wild, they will leave the rest of, you know, their, uh, their pack and, and go off into the into wilderness or into the trees somewhere and they'll curl up when it's time for them to die and they just kind of accept it and they just kind of take it, right? And, and, and animals seem to be more that way, that they, they can kind of just recognize that at some point, you know, their life is kind of over and they get old and they've got something wrong and they're not feeling well and so they just kind of curl up and okay, they let it go. But we as humans, uh, we struggle with that, and even with our animals, right? I mean, how many of us spend too much money trying to keep our animals alive or keep them alive for too, too long, right? Because we, we, we have a problem with death. We're like, no, that's too final. It's too finished. It's, I, I, I want them in my life. I want to continue to have that relationship. But especially with our own lives, we really struggle with death, we're, we're not happy to just go off into the, into the wilderness and curl up in a ball and just let it come, right? We, we want to fight it all the way to the end. And, and, and I want to suggest that, you know, this is why, this, this points out to the fact that we're different. You know, the world tells us and some, you know, evolutionist tells us that we human beings, we're just like the animals. We're just, an, we've just evoluted from the animals. And, you know, here we are today. We've just, you know, this, you know the, the best uh, form of, of creation because we've evolved over the years to this. But, but this, this is not in any other, uh, any part of creation. We're the only ones who struggle with death. I think this proves that, that, that we have been created different that we have been created with uh, the image of God in us and that we are meant for something more. We are not meant for death. 
We were created for eternity, to live forever. And, and so we struggle with this whole idea of death. And we fight it at all costs. But this morning, I want to take a look at how Jesus took on death, how he handled death. And so I want to look at several passages as we go through this morning, but I want to start with the passage uh, that is uh, the, the, the main passage for our message this morning in Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 46. And they read as follows, it was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sunlight failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, and this is what we looked at last way, last week, it is finished, right? To telestai, right? This is his, his cry, right? Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice, it is finished. But then he goes on and says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Hmm. Uh, I want to point out that these are Jesus' Jesus's final words, but notice that his final words are filled with peace. They're, they're filled with this acceptance of his situation. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And they're filled with trust. You know, sometimes we can look at Jesus and we think, well, you know, Jesus doesn't really get it, right? Because Jesus was also God. But, uh, but I need, need to remind us that, that Jesus did get it, right? Just before this time, in, in Luke chapter 22, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, in verses 41 to 44, he write, he's, this is what's going on. He's praying before the Father, and he says these things. He says, and he withdrew from them. And a stone, a stone's throw away well and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in, an, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You see, Jesus understood the fear and the anxiety of death. He, 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 he didn't skip over that, right? Sometimes we think, well, Jesus doesn't get it, right? Because he's God. Like, you know, what's death for Jesus? No, no, he was fully human. He experienced the, the emotions that we feel about death. He recognized that fear's not a good thing. He recognized the struggle there. See, we, we tend to recognize and, and feel the fear and anxiety, uh, but we tend to try to do whatever we can to kind of ignore those or, or somehow numb ourselves from those. You know, we, we, we want to entertain ourselves, right? And so when we're not feeling well, we, we will sometimes, and we know that maybe death is coming, we will like, okay, I'm just going to ignore that piece, and I'm just going to kind of distract myself with doing other things. Uh, trying to numb ourselves from those feelings. Or even if we constantly have this feeling of fear that, oh my gosh, I'm going to die someday, or oh, I don't know when it's going to happen. Or even in this time, right, when we have this virus that's spreading across the globe, there's some of us that our fear of death has continued to rise more and more as it gets closer and closer. Now we've got some 25 or 6 or 7 or 30 different cases in Reading, right, in Shasta County. And so are we getting more fearful, right? And, and so, but some of us, because of that fear, we're trying to deal with it. 
And our way of dealing with it is, again, to try to ignore it. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna watch the news. Or, or maybe I'm gonna watch the news a bunch, but I'm also gonna entertain myself. I'm gonna watch the TV all the time and do mind-numbing exercises so I don't have to think about it, right? We, we allow the fear and the anxiety to cause us to do crazy things and to try to numb ourselves from the fear. But you see what Jesus dis, does. That he recognized the fear. He felt the fear. He felt the anxiety. But he didn't let it, he didn't run from it. He embraced it. He recognized that the emotions were real and that they're okay, but he didn't let the emotions dictate how he behaved. He said to his father, your will be done. He said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I, 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 no death is coming and I don't want to go there. It's going to be painful. It's scary. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm stressed by it. Am I going to be able to get through this? Am I going to die well? I don't know what I'm going to do here. I help. And then yet he says, your will be done. And he gets up from this prayer, it says, and then he steps, he steps out. He walks out to meet Judas, the betrayer, to go to trial, to get beaten, to get crucified. See, Jesus shows us we don't have to allow those fear and anxiety to control us. How about next? Let's uh, turn to John. Book of John, chapter 10. How Jesus dealt with death. John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. says this. He says, For this reason... The Father loves me. This is Jesus speaking. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. And then it goes on. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Notice that he willingly gave his life. See, it wasn't like this accidentally happened. Right? Jesus' death on the cross was not something that could have been avoided if he would have just done a couple of different things. Right? I mean, it wasn't like you know, he, he just slipped up and this wasn't the original plan and somehow he kind of made a mistake and oh darn, now here we're at. No, and it wasn't like they came and they took him and forced him into this situation. No, he willingly gave his life. See, Jesus, the way he dealt with death by, is he... He gave it, gave it up willingly. He gave up his life willingly. We tend to always want to protect our life. We're always working to make sure that we never do anything a little bit you know, too, too risky. Something that might you know, actually take our life or cause us some kind of pain or suffering. We so often get even you know, just a little bit of pain. I mean, shoot, I mean, just think about what we're experiencing over the last you know, few weeks. I mean, I'm not saying that this isn't a struggle. This is a challenge. This is a real challenge. There's real suffering going on. There's real depression. There's real emotions with that. But we're freaking out just by that. And this may not lead to death, but of course we've got the virus. So maybe it will. And so we're like social distancing or we're hoarding or we're doing everything we can do to try to protect ourselves. We tend as human beings to view death or when we, death becomes a risk or it's a reality in our life, we, we tend to kind of go inward and try to protect ourselves as long as we can. Try to defend ourselves. Try to defend our life. But Jesus, 
He could have stopped this at any time. He could have turned the tables on the whole thing. People that were mocking Jesus on the cross and saying, oh, come on, get down on the cross if you're the Messiah, if you're the king of the Jews, come on. He could have done it. But he understood that John 15, 13, that no greater love has anyone than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Next, I want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, in regards to how Jesus dealt with death. Verse 23 in 1 Peter 2, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Our passage today, into thy hands I commit my spirit, he trusted his father. He trusted his father with his life. He recognized that it wasn't about him protecting his life. He said, no, my life is yours, God. Father, what, what, I'm going to trust you with it. You know, we, we tend to trust nobody with our life <laughs> if we don't have to. But when it comes down to it, we, we will oftentimes will have to be forced to trust maybe the medical field. Even in this virus right now, I mean, uh, we're, we're trusting the scientists that are out there and what they're saying about this and how we can prevent getting it and how we can maybe get cured from it if we do get it. We, we, if we have cancer, we're, we're trusting our oncologists. If we get other diseases, we're, we're trusting our doctors to be able to get the treatment, to be able to do it. But then what happens if we don't make it? I mean, consider the number of malpractice suits that we have in America. And now don't get me wrong, you know, there are some doctors that have done some wrong things and need to be sued for that. But, uh, you know, I think we, recognize, we can see that through all these lawsuits, the idea is that, you know, we expected these doctors to save our life, and they didn't. They made a mistake, or they didn't give us the right medication at the right time, or whatever happened. And so, because they failed, this is the biggest deal. We need to sue them. Like, money now somehow has, is an, that money is a, is a transfer for life, that, that that is somehow equal to life. We're, we're trusting in these things in the world in order to save our life. These doctors and scientists are our own ability to protect ourselves and stay away from whatever may hurt us. But Jesus, again, he trusted his Father you know, Jesus on the cross, there was no bitterness. He wasn't like disappointed that his disciples like, you know, bailed on him. He wasn't disappointed that like he had ended up here. He wasn't bitter about those who had failed him and hadn't protected his life. He wasn't bitter about the Pharisees and the fact that they were the one who, who didn't like him so much and put him on the cross, right? He, he wasn't bitter about the Romans who had created this amazing and horrible crucifixion and, and, and put him on the cross and had him die this way. Right? He, he wasn't bitter about any of that. When it came down to it, into thy hands I commit my spirit, is Jesus' words, not in bitterness, but in trust. Because he knew that he could trust his father's judgments. 
He knew that his life was secure in his father's hands, that he didn't have to try to protect it, that he didn't put his trust in humanity. But here's here's the big news. (laughs) Matthew 28. 1 to 7, we read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again because it's a great passage. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Think about it. An angel sitting on this big stone that had been over the place where Jesus had been laid. Think about that. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Wouldn't you? I think I would have as well. But the angel said to the women, do not be, not to the, not to the guard, right? The guards are like, yeah, you guys should be scared, seriously. <laughs> but the women, he says, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. (laughs) What a great passage. Jesus rose from the dead. Now, we can look at how Jesus approached death and and his response to that and his trust in the Father and his acceptance of it and, and the peace that he approached the cross with. But, you know, we have to recognize as well that in the end there was this amazing resurrection that happened. That Jesus, that the death was not, uh, death did not defeat him. He destroyed death. He was able to step into that, uh, that death realm and do what had never been done before, which was to break the chains of death. See, death had always been the end. Every, every person who had died before then, it, it was the end. They just, there was nothing else. But now Jesus comes, he dies, and then he raises from the dead. He's alive. Amen? He's alive. And understand, see, he broke that chain of death over us so that death no longer has victory. And he has opened the way for all of us to receive that resurrection as well. See, if one man can raise from the dead, all men can raise from the dead. This is what this means, right? This is why this is so huge. No one had risen from the dead before. Jesus is the first one. If he is able to raise from the dead, then the rest of us can raise the dead from the dead with him. And this is our hope, amen? The good news is that Jesus not just died for our sin. He He didn't just die, but he also rose. He rose from the dead, and he is alive today, still living among us. We can have freedom from the fear of death. We can, have, uh, 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 we can, we can face death with peace. We can uh, be able to accept our own death and give in to it. We can, we can even trust God the Father with our life when we have Jesus. 
You see, the key to all of this, the key for us to be able to experience resurrection and to be able to see death the way that Jesus saw death was for us to accept that Jesus is Lord. We need to accept what he did on the cross. We need to repent of our sin. The fact that we have been rebelling against God since the day we were born. And then we need to surrender. See, salvation is simple. Right? It's not about our actions. It's not about us living rightly. We don't have to you know, get our lives in order and then we can go to Jesus. Right? We can go to Jesus in our filth, in our sin, in our ugliness. All it takes is for us to say, I understand that Jesus, you are Lord. I understand that I am a sinner and I have rebelled against you my whole life. And I repent of those sins and desire to live differently. And then finally we just live our whole life for him and surrender saying, okay God, now I am yours. Do with me as you please. Send me wherever you want to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. You lead the way, I am yours. I'm your child, but I'm also your servant. And when we do that, death is no longer our enemy. You see, humanity has been fighting against death its whole existence. And we continue to fight it today, but 2,000 years ago, Jesus dealt with death. Death is no longer the greatest enemy of humanity. Now, if you don't know Jesus, then death is still the greatest enemy for you. But the moment you come to know Jesus, accept him as your Lord and Savior, repent of your sins, surrender your life to him, then death is no longer your greatest enemy. All of your enemies have been wiped out. And you are nothing but victorious because of what Jesus has done. And this is the freedom that we have. This is where that freedom comes. This is why we as Christians can live our lives in some sense kind of haphazardly and kind of wildly and riskily, right? We can, just, we can do things that others won't because, you know what, if I die, it's okay. There's something more for me. That this isn't the end, that death is not going to hold me, that I know that even if I die, I'm going to be risen from the dead and I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. Paul talks about the fact that there is a blessing in life, but there's also a blessing in death. To live is Christ, to die is gain. This is the cry of every Christian because of what Jesus has done. When we have accepted Jesus, when we've repented of our sin, when we've surrendered our life to him, then we can be free from the control of fear and anxiety about death. It's not that we won't feel fear and anxiety and stress. Many of us are feeling that right now. I've been experiencing it at times as well. But here's the thing, because of Jesus, when we are his, we still have those feelings, but we recognize that like Jesus, we can act in a different way. We don't have to act according to those fears and those anxieties. We can stand up in the midst of that fear and anxiety and say, okay, I know I'm afraid, but that's okay. I'm following Jesus. We can make that choice. He gives us the power. He gives us the courage to do that. When we've accepted Jesus, repented of our sins, and surrendered our lives, we can freely give our lives for others. We can follow Jesus' footsteps and offer our life because that is the greatest form of love. To offer our life for somebody else, to risk our life 
for somebody else. So many times we are willing to risk our life for only a, only a little bit, or, or maybe we're only to risk certain things, you know, maybe we'll risk our finances, or maybe we'll risk, you know, our 401ks, or maybe we'll risk our, our home, or maybe we'll risk some relationships. But when it comes to our life, so many of us can be afraid to let that go, but when we understand what Jesus has done for us, and we can walk in that fellowship of Jesus, we can even surrender our life. We know we've got more, more to come. Death is no longer our greatest enemy. We can live boldly when we've accepted Jesus, repented of our sins, and surrendered our life to him. Our life is secure in the Father's hands. Yet we, we don't have to worry about death you know, some of us, you know, worry that, oh, maybe I do something, you know, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard people criticize, I've heard Christians criticize certain missionaries who go into certain really, really hostile places to Christianity because they're saying, what are you doing? Why are you risking your life? That's just foolish. You're going to go and you're going to lose your life. And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe they will, but who are we putting our trust in? Are we trusting the Father? Is that person's life secure in the Father's hands? Even if we make a foolish choice, our life is still secure in the Father's hands. That doesn't mean that we won't maybe die, but that's okay. We need to have this different perspective and understanding. Jesus did a lot of things that people would go, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you flipping over the tables in the, in the, in the temple? You're just trying to tick people off. What do you think they're going to do after you do that? They're probably going to crucify you. But Jesus' life was secure in the Father's hands. He was doing what the Father called him to do. It didn't matter what anybody else said. And that's how we all can live our life when we understand that we have that relationship secure with Jesus. We can embrace the suffering and the pain and even death because death is no longer the greatest enemy. It's okay. When I die, it'll happen, believe it or not. I know, you think I'll live forever, just like Jesus. I will live forever, but I will die as well. And then I'll rise from the dead and spend eternity with my heavenly Father. See, we can celebrate on this Easter morning because it's not just Jesus who rose from the dead. It's all of us who have risen from the dead. We have hope for the future. We have hope and recognition that, that death is no longer the greatest enemy. It's not the one that's going to control us and take care of us and end us. We are going to live after death. And when we have accepted Jesus, when we've repented of our sin, when we've surrendered our life to him, then we know that our life is secure with the Father. And no matter what happens to us on this planet, we are going to spend eternity with him in the next planet, in the next creation that he's got for us. This is a great and mighty and awesome truth. This is the reason that we celebrate. It's not, again, just Jesus. It's our resurrection as well. This changed the world. This changed the globe. Fear all of a sudden of death all of a sudden disappeared. Once you give and bow, bow, bow your knee to Jesus, it's all gone because he is capable. He's already risen from the dead and he knows how to get us out of death as well. So family, this is, a, this, is a, this is a great time. Easter is a great day of celebration. May we all recognize and be reminded again of our own faith, our own trust in the Father.
May we be reminded again of the fact that we have accepted who Jesus is, but we've also repented of our sin and we've surrendered our life, maybe more so in this time than ever before, that we would recognize that our life is his and that we would follow him wherever he leads in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this virus, in the midst of these crazy and strange and weird and scary times, that we would recognize that our life is secure. God's got us. Our job is simply to focus our eyes on the one who is resurrected from the dead and follow his lead every step of the way, and we will make it into eternity. Worship team, why don't you come up, and uh, we'll close our service here with a song. But before we do that, just again, a reminder of his goodness for us, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he's with us. And we have a vision statement again that says that we are enjoying our relationship with Jesus Christ, fully enjoying that relationship with Jesus Christ. This is part of that enjoyment. The more we uh, enjoy that relationship, the more we understand and experience that relationship, the more courage we're given, the more uh, peace we're given the more excitement about what God is doing, the ability to see what God is doing even in the midst of crisis. Again, I've said this a couple of times. I want to say it again this morning that I continue to have this excitement underneath all of this, the other crazy emotions that are going on. Excitement about the fact that God is at work. He is calling people to himself in the midst of this crisis. Church, we need to continue to rise up. I know there's emotions that are flying around, fear, anxiety, stress, all those kind of things that are going, I get that, but that's okay. We don't have to let those things control us. Turn your eyes on Jesus, follow him where he leads. He will give you the courage to continue to reach out to your friends, make those phone calls, put those posts on Facebook, uh, whatever you need, go to the grocery store and with your social distancing, share the love of Jesus with the person in front of you in line or the person behind you in line. Whatever we've got to do, we need to recognize, folks, that people are hurting in this world. They're looking for answers. They're filled with fear, and we have the answers. And just because we're isolated does not mean that we can't still share the good news with people. We need to be more creative, maybe, but we need to get out there. We need to share the enjoyment that we have with this relationship with Jesus Christ. God is good. He's at work. Let's continue to worship him in this song. Let no one caught in sin remain inside the lie of inward shame but fix our eyes
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son to come to this earth to live among us for a period of time, but then to give his life willingly, to lay it down for us, to take our sin upon him, to pay the penalty for our sin, to die for us. But then he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in the tomb. He didn't stay in the grave. No, he rose from the dead a few days later and broke the chains of death that we all now have hope for the future in Christ because of his resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be risen from the dead someday, to spend all eternity with you so that death no longer is the greatest enemy for us. That, Lord, that we can follow you wherever you lead with anxious excitement about what you're doing in the moment, but also what you're going to do in the end, knowing that our life is secure in the Father's hands. Thank you for this Easter. Thank you for this strange way to celebrate. Lord, I pray that the strangeness of it would, be, would help it to sink into our brains for all time. That, Lord, we would not just remember the celebration, but we'd remember the message anew, that we would recognize it in a different way, and that we as Christians would live it out in a more full way in this future, in this time when it's needed most. You would be glorified in all of that, and we would be blessed. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and following. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Church, our labor is not in vain. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless and hallelujah. hallelujah. He is risen. Just wanted to point out one thing that was in your bags that we handed out was a, a devotional in there. And that devotional, uh, all our staff wrote those individual devotions in, in one day for the rest of the month of April. Hoping that maybe come May 1st, we will begin to begin to start meeting again as a church. We don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, we're hoping and praying that that devotional will just be an encouragement to you and your family during this uh, time, the rest of the April of April while we're in ice isolation and social distancing and all of that. But we are excited again that Jesus has risen from the dead. May you continue to proclaim that and celebrate that with your family and online here for the next few minutes while we do a few more songs and be able to chat together. Uh, God, he is good and Jesus, he is risen. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys.
ready? Let's do this. I know you're asking my soul. His blood has covered my sin. I
everyone. We miss you. Hey, we don't know our lines. Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs> Easter, everyone. Hi, everyone. Happy Easter. We miss you. He is risen. Indeed. Is that it? Are we good? Okay.